And I'd like you to take the Word of God, please, and go with me uh, to the Gospel according to Luke. And we'll be there in just a little bit. But you're there in Luke chapter 5, and I appreciate your pastor giving us the opportunity to be here. I appreciate uh, the build-up uh, uh, to the message. I don't know about every preacher from North Carolina being a great preacher. Uh, but the Lord has a way of humbling you. When I was pastoring there in North Carolina, I preached a message, and there was a visiting lady in attendance, and uh, she spoke briefly and, and walked out, and she started walking down the sidewalk one day, and she turned around, and she came back. She said, oh, I just had to tell you. And so inwardly, I'm you know, preparing myself for the compliment. Here it comes. She says, you remind me so much of Joe Olstein." I was like, well, the Lord has a way of humbling you sometimes. And then uh, there in Helena, when uh, we were working with Ms. Dilfer, and, and uh, my wife was playing the piano, Ms. Dilfer and I sang together. And this older gentleman, he was visiting, and he comes uh, out the back, shakes my hand. He said, enjoyed the music this morning. Was that your wife on the piano? I said, yes, sir, that was. He goes, and was that your daughter singing with you? I said, oh, wow, I did not realize that I looked like I had a daughter, that, that, that would be that age. And so sometimes the Lord has a way of humbling you. And uh, so I appreciate the, the kind comments, and hope, hopefully this morning... I just simply want to uh, challenge you from the Word of God. I hope we all are challenged, but also to encourage you to launch out and just continue to serve the Lord here in your area. Luke chapter 5, uh, verse number 17, the Bible says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee, and Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, He answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. And I've underlined that phrase in my Bible in verse 26, strange things. I grew up, I'm the second oldest of nine children. So I grew up in a home that had, uh, I had eight brothers and sisters, six sisters, two brothers, so eight total outside of me, nine total kids. Uh, over the course of the years, I've uh, played lots of sports, been in a lot of locker rooms with other young men, coached boys basketball for three years, lived in a guy's dormitory, traveled to uh, several foreign countries, and been to several large cities here in the U.S. So over the course of my lifetime, I have seen some strange things. Uh, No doubt, strange really is subjective, isn't it? There's probably some things that I do, being from North Carolina and living in Alabama, and you being in Kentucky, that you would think I do things that are strange. 
And certainly my wife, she grew up in Connecticut for 14 years and then four years in Pennsylvania. There's things that her and her family do, like they don't drink sweet tea or eat biscuits and gravy, that I deem to be very strange. But when we come to this passage of Scripture, we look at what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. The power of God in this passage of Scripture has been manifested before a a multitude of people and they say, we have seen strange things today. In a parallel passage, Mark chapter 2, they say, we have never seen it on this fashion. In other words, we've never seen anything like this before. And when we see this, the reason they deem this to be a strange thing is because the power of God in that manner, the power of God was something new for them. It was a new occurrence to them. They had never seen something like that before. But unfortunately, this morning, when we talk about the power of God uh, to change a life and working in this world, we would deem that strange in our world today because it has become a neglected occurrence in our world today. And unfortunately, the power of God is all too often uncommon in the world this day and this hour. And so this morning, I'd like to preach on this thought out of this passage of Scripture on strange things. And may God help us to see in our homes and in our communities and our country and around the world to see more strange things of this nature in the days and months to come. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank You for Your love and Your mercy and Your goodness to us. Oh, we're so grateful that You possess all power. The power to change our hearts, the power to change our lives, the power to bring us the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. And Father, I pray now that through the power of Your Holy Spirit, You would speak to our hearts through Your Word. Give me the words to say in explanation, but Father, I pray that it is the Holy Spirit this morning that does the preaching. And that as You speak to our hearts, that we would respond to You in full obedience. That what You would have take place here this morning would take place. And that Your will would be fully accomplished. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we examine this thought of strange things, would you notice with me, number one this morning, notice the power of Christ in verse number 17. It says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Here we see the Lord Jesus Christ, His power, and we see His power not just in this passage, but all throughout the Word of God. Actually, Matthew chapter 28, He says, All power is given unto me, Him talking about Himself, both in heaven and in earth. And there's nothing in this world that Christ's power cannot overcome. But one thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is that the power of Christ was present as these group of people gathered to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. And they came into that home and they came into His presence. They came into the presence of the One who possesses and who still possesses today all Power. His power was present. Matthew Henry said, Whenever there was occasion, Christ had not to seek for His power. It was present to heal. And the power of Christ was present here in this day and in this moment. And it's present here today. And I'm grateful for the power of Christ. When you think about power, we think about electricity. Uh, In the summertime, as is often the case uh, in Alabama, this year there have been a lot of thunderstorms. And with the area we live in, it's highly populated. It's in the city, you know, a lot of, lot of subdivisions, a lot of homes. 
And so when they talk about a power outage, they usually are referring to about a two, maybe a six-hour slot at the most of the power being out. I grew up out in the country in North Carolina in a little farming community. We were low on the priority pole of getting the power back. And I remember there would be days, sometimes even a week, where we were without power. And I'm grateful this morning, electricity, referring to that, that the power is present, right? We didn't have to meet in a building where the power was somewhere else. And the power is present in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was present in this passage of Scripture and is still present today because He still possesses all power. But not only was the power of Christ present, we also see that the power of Christ was sufficient. In this chapter, in this passage of Scripture, as they brought this paralyzed man to the Lord Jesus Christ and they dropped him through the roof there before him, the power of Christ not only healed his body, the power of Christ also was sufficient to save his soul. It's frustrating, isn't it, sometimes when you when you go somewhere where you think you can find help to meet your specific need and you, you go to that location, they're supposedly able to ha- offer what you need only to find that they can't help you. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago doing on this last grocery cycle. We're at the stage in life right now where we have four children. We're in the ministry. We're traveling. So our, our list of our, our, our me time or our, our together time or our list of enjoyments has been whittled down to very little. One of the few things that I enjoy each and every day is a good cup of coffee. And I've gotten old enough now where I like certain brands and I like it made a certain way. I'm very particular. Uh, I'll drink anything, but I like it a certain way the best. And my wife, as she went out to purchase groceries, she went to the store that she normally always goes to, and they didn't have the brand that I liked. So I disappointedly drank something different for a day or two, and she tried again. This store didn't have it, and then another store, and it didn't have it. And so that was very frustrating. I had a need that I needed met. We went to the place that's supposed to meet that need, and they could not provide to meet that need. They were not sufficient. But I'm grateful that the Lord Jesus Christ, His power is always sufficient. There's not a need that we will have in our life that cannot be met by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know what your need is this morning. Maybe you're here, whether you're here in person or you're watching on the live stream, that maybe you need the gift of salvation. The Bible says that the gospel is still the power of God unto salvation. Maybe you can't answer the question this morning that if you were to die, you would be 100% certain that you would be in heaven with the Lord. But the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to save your soul and to give you that gift of of eternal life. And if you will call on Him in faith, His power will save you. Maybe you need help in your home today. Maybe there's a a problem with your spouse or with your children. Why not come to the one who created them? Talk to the one who knows them even greater than you know them, even greater than they know themselves. And if you'll call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's able to work in their heart and to change their lives and to bring your home to where it ought to be. He has the power to do that. Maybe you're here this morning and you need wisdom. You're searching for wisdom and guidance and direction. Why not come seek the one who possesses all wisdom? Maybe you're here this morning and you need comfort. Maybe you're grieving or troubled about something. Why not come and call on the one who can give you a peace that passes all understanding? And the power of Christ in this passage of Scripture is still true today as well as it is in Luke chapter 5. It's still present and it's still all sufficient. We see the power of Christ, but then secondly, would you notice the paralytic man? In verse number 18, we see this paralyzed man. It says, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with the palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. 
Now, we don't know what brought about this man's paralysis, and honestly, it doesn't really matter. The truth of the matter is, his condition left him disabled. And physically speaking, he was unable to find help for himself. Physically speaking, there was no hope in his body to change his situation. Physically speaking, he was not able to bring himself or to walk into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. But more importantly than his physical situation this morning, it was his spiritual condition. Just as he was paralyzed in his body, he also was paralyzed spiritually. There, he, would be un, he was unable to find any hope within himself. He was unable to provide any help to himself. And he was unable to walk in a relationship with God in and of himself. He had to come into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and experience the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and not just for his body, but also for his soul. This man was paralyzed and his condition is exactly the same condition that you and I were born with. The Bible says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world, that's Adam, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. I was born and raised uh, in church. Uh, I was taken to church ever since I was old enough to be taken out of the house. I was born and raised in an independent Baptist church, a gospel preaching church. And if, if going to church could save you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would have been saved by going to church. Because we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If they were washing the windows, we, we came to church and watched them, watched them do it. That was my parents' philosophy. We were in church all the time. And there are a lot of people today that are trying to go to church or trying to do enough good in their life and in, the, and in this world to try to earn their way to heaven. But the Bible says it's by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Very clearly the Bible says not of works. Why? Lest any man should boast. If it was of works, we'd all be in heaven trying to boast about how we got there. But the only way to come before the Father is to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. And so this paralyzed man, his condition, he was unable to come to God in and of himself. He needed help. He needed the power of Christ in his life. But not only do we see the condition of this man, notice the concern of the four as we look at the paralytic man. I'm grateful for what some have termed the big four. Notice what it says here in verse number 18. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. These four men, recognizing this man's need, he needed the Lord Jesus Christ. They each grabbed a corner of his bed and they bore this man and brought him into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man not only needed Christ, he also was dependent on someone to bring him to Christ, and we must not miss that in this passage. And these four men, they picked up the corner of this man's bed and they brought him into the presence of the Savior. Notice, they didn't just pat him on the head and, and try to cheer him up. They didn't just try to make him a little bit more comfortable. Here, let, let me fix your sheets here for you. Let me, let me give you a cup of cold water. I'm trying to do something good for you. Now, that's all good and well, but that's not what truly this man needed. This man needed to be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. I love history. I love to read it, and I love to watch documentaries on history. And I just finished watching a documentary on World War II, and if you read about the medics and watch what they would do, as they would go uh, through that battle, they'd come upon a man, and they would recognize that this man, he wasn't going to make it. By the time he got carried to the back uh, of the, of the battlefront and, and got to a hospital, he would already be passed away. And so what they would do, just to make his passing easier, they'd give him a, a shot of morphine to dull the pain and hopefully let him end his life on this earth in some form of peace. 
And unfortunately today, a lot of people, they're more concerned about doling the pain in people's lives by meeting a physical need or providing some type of physical or emotional comfort. And all that they're doing in that is they're making them more comfortable and they're making this world just a better place for that person to leave and still die and go to hell. Yesterday on our trip, we stopped at a rest stop and uh, there was a lady there. They had a flat tire and they, uh, they were waiting on the right tool to fix it. And so I had that tool in my van, and so me and Andrew, we went over there, and we helped change their flat tire and helped them get back on the road, and, and we gave them a gospel track. And as we walked back from that car, Andrew, he's five, he said, we did a good thing, didn't we? We helped him. I said, yeah. I said, that's great. I said, but you know, you know what the best thing that we did for them, though? He's like, we told them about the Lord. I said, absolutely right. I want you to learn that. We helped them physically, but the best thing that we could ever do for them is give them the gospel. And I'm grateful for these four men. They both picked up, they all picked up a corner and they brought this man to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need more people who are willing to pick up their corner and bring the paralyzed of this world into the presence of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've heard of M.J. Parker. Maybe you haven't. M.J. Parker was in a Sunday school class one morning. And the Sunday school teacher taught out of this lesson and challenged who will pick up their corner. And M.J. Parker decided he would. He went to his pastor, Dr. Lee Robertson. He said, I want to bring people to church. Dr. Robertson said, well, go out and do the best you can. So Mr. Parker did. Before long, he was bringing 18 people in his car to church. So he went and he asked for a bus. Finally, they gave him a bus. And over the next few years, it began to grow, and eventually they were bringing 1,200 people on 10 buses to church because he determined he was going to pick up his corner. And God used that to inspire other churches to do the same in the evangelistic bus ministry spread all across America as more men and more women were willing to pick up their corner and bring people to Jesus. I wonder this morning, are we willing to step up today and to grab our corner, whatever it might be, and to, be, and to tote that corner, bring those people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here this morning, you say, I don't think I could ever teach a Sunday school class or, or lead a ministry, or I don't think I could really, I don't even think I could afford to give much to missions. I'm giving as much as I can already. I want you to know everybody can bring somebody to Jesus. Everybody can be used to bring somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ if we'll just purpose to do that. We see the paralytic man, we see the power of Christ, and then the, the third thing, if we would, the last thing this morning. We see the perseverance of the four. Not only did they pick up that corner, but they were met with some difficulty. Look with me in verse number 19. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. As they endeavored to bring this man to Jesus, they were met with some difficulty. When they got to the house where Jesus was, there was a large crowd there. And they couldn't get in. Notice they didn't just lay him there and say, Well, sorry buddy, we did the best we could. You have a great day. We're going to go on our way. They found a way to bring this man to the Lord. They overcame the obstacles that were put in their path so that they could accomplish the work that they had been given to do. They went up on the roof and they made a way, broke away through the top of that roof in order to let this man down to get him to where he needed to be. He needed to be in the presence of Christ. This was a work of faith. 
We see that their desire was, was rooted in their faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. What would compel them to go that extra mile and to, to, to continue to try to bring this man to Jesus in spite of difficulties, in spite of these obstacles? It was that they believed that the only help this man had was in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the truth of the matter is, honestly speaking, from my personal standpoint, is I do what I want to do. And I do what I truly believe needs to be done. And so I can tell where my faith is by what I do. And if I'm not burdened to get the gospel to people, it's usually a, a, a faith problem in my own heart. And the reason is I've not spent time with the Lord like I ought to. What is faith but looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? And if we commune with the Lord Jesus Christ day in and day out like we should, our faith in Him will cause us to go out and to serve Him as He's commanded us to. And our burden for souls will become increasingly greater if the Lord Jesus Christ becomes increasingly bigger in our sight. And these men overcame these obstacles. And I will promise you one thing. If you step out this morning and you purpose to grab your corner, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it or try to fool you or coerce you into anything. You will meet with obstacles. The Lord Jesus Christ said to His disciples in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him... Through they come. And we've had people, even in Hoover, that are annoyed that we're there. We've had, it's not too common, but we had one guy threaten to call the police on us. Of course, we've contacted the police. They said we're fine to do what we're doing. So we have, we have their word on it too. Uh, we've had people try to debate us. We've had people thank us for coming by. We've met with all responses. Obstacles will come. But if we're going to remain faithful and dedicated, the only way to do that is we have to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking unto Him, they despised and rejected Him. And when they reject us as His messengers, they're not really rejecting us. They're rejecting the message that we carry. They're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And the perseverance of these four, though they were met with obstacles, they pressed on. Not only were they met with obstacles, they also had to face some ridicule, no doubt. Look at, look at who else was there in chapter 5, verse 17. It says that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee. As Christ heals this man, if you read on in verse number uh, 21, it says, And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, they answered their question in their own question. <laughs> but they were there. And in spite, in, in the face of the Pharisees and the scribes, these men still pressed on. The Pharisees were the ones who should have been bringing this man to Jesus. But their lack of concern showed their lack of faith. They didn't believe that Jesus indeed could change anyone's life because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ. And so even in the face of ridicule of the religious leaders, these four men persevered and brought this man to Jesus. And what was the result? Let's look at the last two verses and we'll be finished this morning. As Jesus spoke to him, he, he saved him from his sins and also healed his body. It says, and immediately he rose up before them. We have to remember that salvation is immediate. We talk about wanting to see a change in our world, a change in our country, a change in our community. Do you realize that we can see an immediate change if we see people bringing, being brought to Christ? Immediately. 
Think about the people in your life that you have a difficulty with. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a family member. Do they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior? Because nothing will change until they do. And it can change immediately. And immediately this man rose up and he departed glorifying God. But notice the crowd's response. This is where we, 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 our text is from. And they were all amazed and they glorified these four men, right? No. They glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things. Now, we, we have church signs and we have church websites and we have church names on our our, our vans and our buses, and I'm all for that. We're planning to do all that stuff in Hoover as the Lord lets us and allows us to. But you know the greatest advertisement for the sake of a better word for the church and for the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of a changed life. And as these people saw this man's life changed before their very eyes, they were amazed and they glorified God. And when we talk about doing a great work for the Lord, I'm convinced the greatest work that we'll ever be able to do for the Lord Jesus Christ is to connect the paralyzed with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring people to Jesus. And we're hoping as we press on to see some strange things done in Hoover. (laughs) We're hoping to see some strange things done in our own home. No doubt you're hoping to see some strange things done here in your church and, and in Winchester. As we see things that are all too often uncommon in this world, may we see them become common as we see the power of Christ becoming evident through the saving of souls in our world. And the only way that we're going to see those strange things is if we will be faithful to connect the paralyzed of this world to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we will go out, pick up a corner, and bring men and women, boys and girls, to the Lord Jesus Christ. May God help us to do that. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I just want to ask you a few questions, and I'm going to pray and turn it over to your pastor for the invitation. When we come to the invitation time, that's a time for us to respond to God as He has spoken to us. And I hope and trust that through something in His Word this morning, He's spoken to your heart. But maybe you're here this morning and you're like that paralyzed man. There's never been a time in your life where you called on the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior. He has the power to change your life today. If you'd come forward in just a moment as we sing, as we play and have the invitation, somebody can show you from the Bible how you can be saved today and have Christ's power in your life from this moment on. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I've I've been kind of like the Pharisees. I've just been sitting on the sidelines watching other people bring people to Christ. And I know there's people that I need to go out. There's a corner I need to pick up. And people I need to bring to the Lord. And I want to ask God to help me this morning to to be that soul winner, to be that witness for Him that He's called me to be. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Brother Brown, I've been toting a corner. I've been serving the Lord. Maybe you'd like to come this morning just ask God to give you that perseverance. That no matter what may come, what obstacles may be in your way, that God will give you the faith in Him that you need. That He'd be so big in your sight that you'd overcome those obstacles and just continue, continue, continue to bring people to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word to guide us. I pray now that your will will be accomplished in our hearts and lives. 
May we go out today and, Lord, see you do strange things in and through our lives and through our midst. May you use us to simply bring people to you. And may you be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name I pray.